Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Head on over to freetalklive.com. Uh, joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is here from uh, ObscuredTruth.com. Head on over there and you can see Sam's latest video. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about that here coming up uh, tonight. And I, I, you did a good job on that, ObscuredTruth.com. So, 800-259-9231. We're going to kick things off here tonight with a story about The Surge. You heard about the surge, right? The uh, the surge over in Iraq where they're going to... The surge you know, in Af- Iraq or Afghanistan? Oh, was it Afghanistan? Well, I they've don't surged remember. both places. They've had the, two surges? The surge in, in Iraq, uh, they can claim some level of success with the surge in Afghanistan. A success meaning what? They killed some people? Well, they... they the Stability. It's always about stability. It's about uh, killing enough people that uh, the other people won't stick their heads up for a while. Meaning they killed more of them than uh, than the U.S. military perished? Is that like a success? What, um, what defines success when it success comes to is military stability. violence? Stability. That's the, the uh, level of success. Meaning they can come in there, kill a bunch of people, and then not have attacks coming right immediately? Is that yeah. the idea? Gotcha. So uh, it, could, it could be claimed that the UN's withdrawal date that was uh, drawdown date that was set, you know, some time before that was the actual cause of the stability that occurred after the surge. It's hard to say because the United States was going to be drawing down. So, you know, they're just waiting until they, they leave or whatever. So this, you've heard of the surges before, but have you heard of the surge that's coming to America? Oh, no. Well, now it is. Now you... If you're here in the so-called United States, the landmass known as the United States, now you, if you're going to be riding on a train, will get to experience your piece of the surge. Great. And this I is feel the term. safer already. Yeah, this is the term that they have used. Uh, the ABC News reporting here that U.S. authorities plan a law enforcement surge this week along Amtrak routes, an exercise called Rail Safe. And the heads of the country's biggest mass transit systems were briefed today on the possible terror threat, all part of what is being called an abundance of caution. Sounds like an abundance of bureaucrats to me. Amtrak is holding a high-security exercise Friday in which uniformed officers will be a visible presence on national transit routes. Rail safe will include all the local police agencies along with the Amtrak routes that are involved in the exercise. If Al-Qaeda is planning simultaneous attacks in Europe, said Richard Clark, former White House national security bureaucrat and now an ABC News consultant, quote, there's nothing to say they could not also include the U.S. on that list of simultaneous attacks. A senior Department of Homeland Security official said the rail exercise is long planned and is not connected in any way to the terror threat in Europe. And of course, it happens to be in the same week. Well, yeah, of course, it's uh, it's long planned. This this should come as no surprise to anyone that has been listening to this program for a few years. If you've been paying attention to the security state or rather the security theater uh, news out there in the world, you know that over the last few years, the government bureaucrats and the Department of Homeland Security, TSA, have been setting up checkpoints at train stations and bus stations. Viper teams. That's right. That's exactly what they call them. Real friendly sounding. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that serves, sounds like somebody is ready to serve and protect, doesn't it? Uh, Viper. I mean, I thought that that was, isn't that like one of the bad guys from G.I. Joe, the Vipers? It is, I it believe, is. yeah. I mean, 
<laughs> we learned that from Cobra How Commando come last week. These adrenaline charged junkies um, don't say something like, uh, you know, there's something that sounds just more protective. I don't know. So they call are, themselves the Mama Bears. So if you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's protective, yeah, right? Yeah. Smokey and the Bandit, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. So if you've been paying attention, you know they've been setting up checkpoints in uh, train stations and in bus stations. You know that's been happening. You uh, know, if these police want to have a better presence and make the pub- public feel, uh, you know, give the public a better feeling about them, they should all dress them in powder pink. Because then you'd see them. I mean, they'd stand right out. And I, I-, I personally would feel a little more comforted than this whole uh, SWAT team helmet, dark glasses, uh, you know, flak jacket thing that I see all the time. Tutus would be nice. Tutus. Well, I think that might be going overboard. So uh, so you've got the checkpoints that have been set up kind of randomly. They haven't necessarily been consistently set up at a bus station that I know of. I mean, it's certainly possibly happening out there and it hasn't reached us yet. Uh, but we've seen stories well, where they're going to come, where they just come in and they set up the checkpoint for X amount of time and then they take it away and they set it up somewhere else at various bus stations and such. Now, we also know that in New York City and I believe Philadelphia now and who knows where else, but at least those two places, they are doing the random bag checks. So as you go down into the subway terminal, as you're heading in uh, to the underground subway area, there are police that are supposedly randomly checking people's bags. So they will stop you. They will uh, demand to search you. In New York City, you're supposed to be allowed to turn around and leave. I don't know how it's going in Philly. It, I think it just started in Whatever Philly. Whatever it is, that's ago. a matter of time before you cannot turn around and leave. They will make yeah. it impossible for you. That's just right. like they have at those uh, those toll booths where you can't turn around. Mm-hmm. Well, the TSA, it, was, it wasn't until you actually got to the, uh, I think, putting your stuff down on the x-ray belt and it started going. That was the point of no return. Then they backed it up to when you check in with the ticket agent. So mm. it's it's always a, a gradual encroachment. So you Mission should, creep. That's what the government's all about. Mission right. creep. So my point being, have you been paying attention? If so, you shouldn't be surprised that now they're going to be conducting a surge on various different Amtrak routes. And so it sounds well, like... Amtrak just, makes the most sense. It belongs government. to them. Are there any other passenger lines? There must be somewhere, but... Mostly uh, light rail. Would they be luxury or something? I mean, the... Who else Luxury? is doing passenger? I mean, who's, who's, who's gonna, traveling by train? What I don't first know. class uh, person is going to pay to ride on a train? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if they're afraid to fly. I'm not sure. It, it's certainly possible, but if they're afraid I'm to fly, asking. they're going to do like the, oh, shoot, what's that guy from uh, Monday Night Football who takes his motor home everywhere? I don't remember. I have Madden. No idea. Madden. I shouldn't be asking you. Uh, so, no if I, so according to the story here at ABC News, the stepped-up security comes as the French arrested 12 terror suspects in Bordeaux and Marseille as the U.S. issue, uh, excuse me, used CIA drones to attack a suspected, a suspected center of the plot in Pakistan. The target hit Monday. I love this. They believe that they've stopped terrorism in Europe by blowing people up in Afghanistan. Pakistan. Pakistan, okay, on the border. The target hit Monday was one of the terror training camps in the Waziristan region where U.S. officials say a contingent of German citizens of Afghan and Turkish descent have been preparing for a jihad against Europe. U.S. officials say some have already been... Because they just say it. There's no... You know, where's the evidence? Right. Well, they can give you some dead bodies. Yes, there's that, that evidence. See, we told you. Uh, U.S. officials say some have already been dispatched, likely those with their faces obscured in a recently released propaganda tape. I guess when they say dispatched, does that mean they've been dispatched to jihad or the U.S. has dispatched them as in taken their lives? I don't know. I'm not clear as to that. But Pakistani officials told ABC News that at least five people were killed Monday at a terror training camp 
where German citizens had been recruited. The strike came a day after the State Department issued a highly unusual travel advisory for Americans going to Europe because of the potential threat of Mumbai-style commando attacks on civilians. And also, in an interview on Sunday, a uh, Pakistan ambassador told ABC News the plot's leaders have been identified and targeted. So they're really not saying too much about how this surge is going to be going down on the trains. They go on and give you more information about the, the various different allegations coming out of Europe that there's some scary terror attacks in the works. And so prepare yourselves, citizens, for the surge that's coming to a train station near you. You know, I just, I just don't understand. Um, there, at this point, you'd think that they'd make the uh, the TSA more efficient before they went on and did something else. You know, before they went, they 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 do their testing, they'd get it efficient, and then they'd go on. But at this point, the TSA still misses 50, oh, more than fifty percent of guns, knives, and bombs that it tests itself on. Mm-hmm. So, what in the world are they doing going into train stations? Well, they need more uh, budgets. They yeah, that's big, what it's all about, right? Staffs. It's, the, the 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 lowest economic downturn in history, and the government thinks that it needs to step up jobs that don't produce anything. Of course, that's what they do. 1-800-259-9231. So if you have to be riding on a train and you encounter one of these Viper squads or surgers, feel free to uh, give us a call and let us know what it was like. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, police rob another cop. We'll uh, tell you about that one, and you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. You'll find the features there are free. So head on over, enjoy those, including the wiki, with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Live. Dot com and Free Talk Live's got a webcam, too. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com and enjoy that. It's brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBIX, XFPs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, that's MemoryDealers.com. So rest assured, Americans, your government is keeping you safe. They've got their own program called Rail Safe, so it must mean that you'll be safe while you're on the trains. They're going to be doing a surge. They wouldn't call it the travel hassler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> They've got a surge planned for you. Amateur, amateur proctology. They wouldn't call it these things. It's not just a plan to make it look like they're doing something and justify their existence. No, no, they're really going to be keeping you safe. So uh, don't you worry about riding on trains in America for the next week or so. Uh, at least that's what they would have you believe, because you know that the TSA hires just, and the government in general, the uh, government law enforcement departments, they hire the cream of the crop. They hire the best of the best. They hire the most honorable people, the most trustworthy these are the best bureaucrats money can buy. <laughs> well, even if they don't. <laughs> and even money they, has bought them. Even if that isn't so, <laughs> um, you'll still you'll find that power corrupts even the, you know, the, the best guys. Sure, Sorry. but isn't that the, p- the pitch that, you know, these are our finest, the nation's finest? Don't they? Isn't that the pitch, for, basically? I, I guess that's what you'd want them to believe people? for, say, you know, cert, for like the FBI and, uh, you know, uh, cer- certain... Uh, well, local you know, cops want that. I want you to believe that, too. But how Our could heroes. local cops be the best if the FBI is the best? I well, mean, who's well, no, the best? It's, it's, uh, local cops or the FBI? Philadelphia's finest, right? So it's the finest of each city works for the police. So here's a couple of those fine, fine gentlemen from Philadelphia. NBCPhiladelphia.com. Two Philly police officers have been charged with criminal conspiracy, robbery, kidnapping, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, theft, and other related charges, according to officials. That's a lot of charges there, huh? (laughs) Sean Oliveira, 31, and Christopher Luciano, 23, allegedly robbed a supposed drug dealer of 20 pounds of marijuana with a street value of $24,000 as well as $3,000 in cash. Turns out the man they thought was a drug dealer was actually an undercover officer. Whoopsie. (laughs) Authorities also believe the two plan to have the drugs redistributed on the street by an unnamed drug dealer. No, really? How would they know an unnamed drug dealer? These are supposed to be our boys. They're the good boys. They're not supposed to know those naughty people in the drug dealing business. How did these two slip through the cracks? Clearly, just a couple of bad apples. Isolated incident. Yeah, this never. This is just outrageous. I mean, there's now and then that they catch a, a cop around the country, but... Every this week, is, isn't it? Yeah, it's multiple every single week <laughs> I think, they get caught. I think that the average person should sit there and ask themselves, look, if you're a police officer, imagine yourself with the, gu- the gun, the badge, the silly hat. The forty you know, to $50,000 a year paycheck. Right. The, the, you know, the fat pension in uh, 22 years of, 20 years of service or service or whatever it is. And you're in the room with a bunch of drug money. That you've just found on a bust. Mm-hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. around. There's no video cameras. All you have to do is take a bundle of money and shove it in your pants. That's it. That's all. Yep. Now, after you've finished shoving this bundle of money in the, you, your what, pants. As long as you can get it before it makes it into a report. Uh, you that's, know, the best, that's the best way to sure, do it. A report, but the guy, yeah. somebody's got to write the report. That's true. Nobody counts this money until the guy counting the money counts the money, right? right. So um, after you've done this, now you've taken the first step that likely so many police officers have taken. Wow, that was great to get that extra $3,000. I don't know. $3,000 is a lot of jack. Um, it's yep. it's kind of nice. It'll, Pay down the car. Yeah, it, it's helpful. Put it uh, towards the kids' college fund. Yeah, I'm talking flat stream TVs and uh, bass boats too. here. Um, you know, and, and then once you buy the bass boat with the $3,000 down, you got to make the payments. And don't forget the kid wants to go to uh, private school, needs orthodontics, works, the wife needs, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So the money, you know, but everybody's got money troubles. It doesn't matter whether you make $25,000 a year or $250,000 a year. People can't save their 
their money and they they always spend what they earn. Yeah, and, and it's, that's it's likely how it goes. it's likely your partner is going to be there, so somebody's going to see you do this and know that you're corruptible at this point. Well, it, it, it's it's possible that somebody would see it. I would think that you would wait until they, they were one too. But I tell you, Sam, exactly. if, if you were my partner and I had a propensity to do this, and I could tell you if I was a cop, I'd likely would do this. I mean, it's just you know, a big pile of money sitting in front of you. Who's not going to do that? So I'm going to be testing yeah, you. Who's going to get it otherwise? Little phrases. Department? Right, right. It's just going to go to the department. It's going to go who knows where, but it's not going to go to us, the guys on the front line, you know, defending defending Philadelphia. Putting from, our lives from, on the line right, every day. You know, every day. The, you know, it should go for us and more even though they found, By, by the way, whatever. even though they found there are many, many jobs out there that are far more dangerous than police. Yes, they're, they're oh, not yeah. even on the top ten. But I would be, you know, <laughs> saying phrases like that to you, Sam, to feel you out. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I, hey, you know, if a guy shoves a, a bundle of money in his pants, it's not like I'm going to hold, far be it for me to hold it against him with the way the government's just going to take that and the politician's going to spend it on whatever they feel like. It's even worse than that. I remember a story of uh, a corrupt cop talking about one of the scams they used to pull they would go to a, a lady's house that was uh, burglarized okay and one of them would sit down and talk to her and start taking the report and and one of the other ones would ask well do you where are your valuables do you have valuables anywhere in the house you say oh yeah i have money you know over here in this room in this closet and okay i'll go check on that nope the thief got it oh god and oh, i would man. never it. ever be able to do that i mean you knew this guy this was a. Uh, I remember watching this a few years ago. I didn't okay. know them, but it was a. Uh, it was a news report gotcha. of some corrupt cops. Wow! Yeah, that's, that, that's from old how ladies. bad it gets. That that to me is just beyond the pale. But to me, when you're talking about drug money sitting on a table that's going to either go to the politician's slush fund or it's going to go in my pocket, I could totally see why some cop would do that. And then once you've taken that step down that long dark sure. hallway, it's over. Well, right, but now, now th- there's a difference between taking a pile of cash. Now, uh, look, I agree. Certainly, uh, it's it's corrupt. It's wrong. It's the war on drugs. That's insane. That needs to end. But there's a big difference between taking a pile of cash or a portion of a pile of cash and actively holding somebody up at gunpoint uh, to take everything they have from them and but, threatening them and beating them and things like that. But once once they have you on the hook for you know stealing drug money out of a out of a somebody's house or something then when you you know when they see you break some law beats beat the crap out of somebody uh, in a back alley or maybe you shoot somebody on accident that you thought had a gun and didn't this is how the the sort of brotherhood sort of circles in and protects itself because they've done all this petty stuff and now they're you know they're all in it together we'll come back with a little bit more about what's going on in philadelphia with uh, two cops busted as they attempted to Beat and rob and uh, imprison and steal from one of their own, an undercover cop. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And how often does this happen? Well, they've got some numbers on that coming up here just from the city of Philly. You might be surprised. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So head on over there. Enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. We've got our Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners uh, of this program. And if you're a lady listener, you can learn how to become part of the Shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Also, uh, SACL CAI is one of the main sponsors of Free Talk Live. Uh, they do collections, early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. They'll handle your company's accounts receivable. Also, they do all kinds of uh, of contact with the public that has to do with going through the telephone. They've got uh, huge telephony software, and they can help you with your political campaign or whatever it is that, uh, that that you need to contact people through their their phones, whether it's robocalls or individuals. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. All right, toll-free number here for you, 800-259-9231. Of course, we will take your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, again, 800-259-9231. More detail on, uh, out of what happened in Philly with two cops caught red-handed in an attempt to rob an undercover officer. So the word had apparently made it out about Sean Oliveira and Christopher Luciano, two uh, cops in Philly who allegedly robbed a supposed drug dealer of 20 pounds of marijuana and $3,000 in cash. They've been charged with criminal conspiracy, robbery, kidnapping, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment, theft, and other related charges in regards to this particular incident. You know, when it comes to uh, robbing a drug dealer, it's, you know, lots of guys I knew in prison, uh, you know, did this kind of thing. And it is... It's difficult to get caught because they can't report it. If you it's go, unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely that a, a drug dealer is going to report it. So, you know, who e- who is easier to 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 rob? Who, I mean, who best to rob a drug dealer than cops themselves? Sure, right? obviously they know they can't report it. So as long as you don't get caught in the act, or they've got a you know police uh, an undercover cop out there for you. What else? You know, it makes sense. Don't worry though. Philadelphia District Attorney Seth Williams had this to say. These two men are a disgrace to their badges, but they should not reflect on the hard-working men and women in the police department. <laughs> the rest of these guys, they're okay. It's just these two bad apples, right? Well, according to NBCPhiladelphia.com, at least five Philadelphia officers have been accused or convicted in the past year of trying to rob drug dealers. So not, not any more wider of a corruption charge than just that one. Just just robbing of drug dealers, not robbing anybody else or, or you know, just being dishonest or, or you, you name it, selling drugs, all <laughs> kinds of other things that the cops could do. Just that one category of corruption of robbing drug dealers, five in the last year on the Philadelphia City Police Department have been convicted. It's a big department, but gosh, that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And, and, that, and that means that they're getting caught. And, you know, I... Yeah, yeah what are the odds of that? You know, I just I'm of the opinion that police officers do not get charged, get mm-hmm. get uh, sentenced the same level of, as individuals uh, like you and I. And I'm also suspecting they don't get gone after and charged at the same level that, that you and I do. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Charles Ramsey reportedly plans to clean house in the 6600 member department. 6,600. Now, that's not all cops, I wouldn't imagine. I'd imagine a bunch of the, those 6,600 are administrative bureaucrats that kind of back up the police in the, uh, the various offices, because it doesn't specifically say that those are the police. 
But uh, so he says, as far as corrupt cops, if they want to continue to do what they're doing, we will find them, we will arrest them, and they will be prosecuted, period. There is no middle ground here. Absolutely none. Well, I mean, he's certainly talking a good game, and yeah, uh, you know yeah. that's what you want. That's what you want from your police chief. What I mean, what, what else would you want? <laughs> now, they're of course probably never going to catch the real bad guys, right? Because these are just a couple of street cops that they caught. I mean, you can tell by uh, they've got the picture here. They've got this kind of street cop uniform uh, on in the photo of the uh, the mug shots of these guys, and uh, so yeah, it's very unlikely that the chiefs crackdown here is going to be unveiling the corruption say at the levels of sergeant or lieutenant or you know captain Uh, and as we've seen from our experience of talking to former cops on this program uh, they've pretty much to a t told us that well it's the corruption that rises through the ranks the higher you go up in the ranks the more likely it is that the person you're you're dealing with is going to have some level of corruption that uh, that they're involved in whether it's stealing drugs or taking bribes or or whatever it might be uh, or even something more significant like we were talking about last night with a sheriff being a drug dealer with the top cop in the actual organization being corrupted so uh, yeah do you think that the sh- the chief's crackdown plans here are going to reveal anything more than the occasional uh, the occasional low guy on the totem pole. I doubt it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I've seen all different types of corruption in police departments, and I think that they that each one of them is different. I think that the job, uh, you know, does lend itself to corrupting people. But I, you know, I would I would hesitate to say that every department uh, um, is is corrupt. I would uh, certainly not believe that every police officer is corrupt. But it's it's a tough thing not to get all caught up in this stuff. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we talked about market policing here on this program in the past, the idea of, of moving into a voluntary uh, society and having policing or protection services provided by market entities that are not a one-size-fits-all monopoly, not the violent monopoly like the government, where you actually would have competing uh, entities doing business and trying to get people's business. Now, of course, in that kind of world uh, – the idea of prohibition wouldn't stand. That would already have gone by the wayside by the point, hopefully, by the point that we get to having private police, essentially. So there really wouldn't be the opportunities for corruption in a more voluntary society, in a, in a market-based police force, because not only would they be checked by their competition, they could also be checked by consumer groups that actually would have real sway unlike one of these police oversight boards that we've heard about in the past where you get a city like Atlanta where they're out the cops are out murdering 92-year-old women in their homes on drug on drug raids and one of the ways that they respond to that in the system is by creating a police advisory panel where they They'll sit down citizens on this panel and they will keep an eye on the police and usually the way that works is well, they get to look at the, what the cops do and look at some of their information, but what they say doesn't really matter. It's not binding or anything like that. And so there's very little that these police advisory boards can do, whereas if you actually right. had... They seem like a really great idea until you watch them in practical application, in which case yeah. they, they seem to not have a lot of, of power. So when you've got market policing or market protection services, these guys are really accountable because their customers can go somewhere else and their reputations can be seriously harmed. Uh, if they were to, if for whatever reason they were to have hired a sadist, for instance, and and he's beating uh, confessions out of people, and you know that's uh, it's unacceptable. So that that hopefully would not fly uh, in the marketplace. 
and just the fact that they wouldn't be doing investigations on things like money laundering because we'd have real you know real money i suppose there could still be some fraud out there uh, as far as money is concerned but that would be fraud not money there laundering there could be fraud inside of a, a private police uh, you know a policing thing that you're talking about in, in the imaginary world of uh, of um, you know no government but you know, I mean, just in the same way that you can see companies rip people off today. Yeah, but they wouldn't have the opportunity. They wouldn't have power. And it's really what the issue is power. Right. There, there, there wouldn't be a war on drugs. So there wouldn't be huge uh, drug cash busts with, you know, thousands of dollars on hand. They just wouldn't be dealing with that. These would be cops. And the, the market cops would be cops that would be investigating murders and arsons and rapes and, and burglaries. And burglaries. And, and they could do the same thing that Sam mentioned uh, re- earlier. And, and vandalism. Yeah, I suppose you're right. You're certainly right about that. But. Hopefully, the the competition for employees competition it would, would certainly help, would be helpful in in some instance re- like that. Yeah, reduce and, the scum. And I think that that burglary case where they go and check, you know, where do you keep your valuables? That's going to be reduced because you wouldn't have the what the situation that exists today when one cop gets fired for being you know beating people up or doing all any of these horrible things. They just go down the street to the next town and get a job there. Yeah, that's right. You, and you, nobody's going to want to hire somebody that's done that. Period. A plus, another reason why burglaries would be down, because you don't have the war on drugs. That's one of the top cause, probably the top cause for 80% or more of the burglaries out there. Most of the burglars I talked to had severe drug problems. Mm -hmm. 1-800-259-9231. It wasn't because they really wanted to steal uh, jewelry from the old woman. They just really wanted to get high. Uh, They wanted the next fix. 800-259-9231. Speaking of market services, there's an interesting story about uh, volunteer firefighters coming up. Dearly beloved, we are here to gather here today to tell about the blessings of this podcast. This podcast is a verbal surgery. And let me tell you, when I ever go and listen to that podcast, I just feel a trembling, a trembling down in my soul, don't you know? A trembling that just wants to bubble up so that I just got to go out there and be listening to me some more. Yes, that podcast, some have called it special. I prefer to call it inspiring. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase uh, head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done. As we continue here, coming up, uh, Sam, you're going to tell us about a clown actually winning an election. We will get the details on that. Um, I guess like a clown, clown, like a real clown. <laughs> yes. I get confused there for a second. He'd have my vote, I have to say. So. But first, we continue the discussion that kind of uh, was brought up by talking about the corrupt cops earlier, just kind of discussing how the marketplace could lessen significantly the amount of corruption uh, that would be experienced in the the police system. And uh, this morning I was listening to the local talk show here in Keene, New Hampshire, and the local host was talking about how uh, he wanted to discuss the issue of private uh, private fire departments because I've called this particular host before, and Sam, I know you've talked to this guy too quite a bit. Uh, we've talked to him about things like 
volunteer fire departments or market-based fire departments, and and I've had these discussions with him in the past, and he has has brought up this uh, this, this objection to the idea of a voluntarily funded fire department or a market-based fire department by suggesting that, well, you know, if if they did that, then what would happen to a house that didn't pay? What would happen to a house that hadn't paid in advance? How would they get uh, taken care of if a, a fire struck that home and they needed to have service at that point? And I, you know, attempted to answer that, and then he brought it back up today because there's something in the news that, well, is kind of related from Chatterbox.com and WSPD Television. This is the type of heartless, compassionate conservatives conservatism that makes libertarians such as Kentucky Republican senatorial candidate Rand Paul proud. The free market will protect us, say libertarians. <laughs> we can't depend on the government to take care of us. They screech and shout at campaign rallies. And by the way, Rand Paul is not a libertarian. And he's... Uh, He's just another Republican. Anyway, well, the twisted-eyed Randian free market policies were on full display. And by the way, Ayn Rand, as I understand it, isn't really in favor of the free market because she believes in government. Maybe a small government, but she believes in government. Uh, so you can tell this is not quite a news story here. This is a bit bit more of an editorialized version of uh, of a news story. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um... So so. what happened? Well, in rural Tennessee, a small town, the uh, family family that lives there did not pay its required $75 subscription fee for fire services. The fire department not only refused to put out the fire that was consuming the family's home, but they stood by and watched it burn to the ground. That's pretty crappy. Even though the homeowner, Gene Cranick, begged the firefighters to save his family home and he offered to pay the cost, whatever the cost... The county officials and firefighters refused to budge. The firefighters only turned their hoses on when the fire spread to a neighbor's field who had paid the $75 fee. Cranick's neighbors... In- I'd like to point out, by the way, that they did do their job. I mean, <laughs> the other neighbor paid for the services and this guy didn't. I'd also like to point out, because it's not made clear in this piece, that these are government bureaucrats who are providing this particular service. This is a city fire uh, department that is covering for a, a, a county in which, or a portion of the county in which they do not have a fire service. So as part of their deal, they get to charge this $75 fee to every household in the nearby area to say, look, we'll come out, we'll take care of your, your fire issues from the nearby city if you pay this fee. But they're not, it's not some sort of private organization. It's city bureaucrats. So, they, so just to make sure that we're clear on that point uh, before we continue the discussion here, uh, South Fulton's may, mayor had little sympathy for the homeowners who'd lost their family homestead. Anybody that's not in the city of South Fulton, it's a service we offer. Either they accept it or they don't. And there's some video that you can watch of uh, of this happening. You know, I think that it's uh, it's sick for a firefighter to sit by while somebody's house burns. Um, I also think that likely if you're talking about a volunteer service or whatever, well, there might not have been anything that they could really do about it. Because once a house is gone to some extent, it's gone almost fully, right? Like, So what's there to get, you know, by trying to put it out halfway through? Yeah, you're not going to save, you know, possessions and that sort of thing. Uh, what I think it's important to point out about situations like this is this, again, you know, people say, oh, well, this is the free market. Well, no, this is not a free market. This is a, a situation where, you know, the government claims to be providing this, all of these services, whether it's policing, fire, roads, that sort of thing. 
But yet what this really amounts to is a failure of government to provide these basic services. And then, you know, the town's coming in and instituting this fee, which they chose not to pay. If they had paid it, it probably would have turned out a little better for Mm -hmm. them. But, you know, who's to say how the market would organize in a free market where you don't have this claimed monopoly over these services like police and fire and roads and so forth? No. It could be true that in the marketplace there could be some callous business owner who decides that he doesn't care about anybody else's houses except his customers, and he doesn't care about the the goodwill that it might spread by doing a charity. There would be absolutely fire. Put- so there could be a callous uh, business owner or a callous fireman, but hopefully that would uh, just be a signal to the marketplace that hey, this is uh, this is a company that's ripe for some competition. Presuming there's not already two players in that marketplace, it's just, it's a, this is a small town. It's very unlikely there would be any. Significant competition, I would think, with uh, with a limited amount of possible folks that could be buying uh, fire protection services. And of course, as Mark would point out, over ninety percent of the fire departments around the country are volunteer fire departments. Anyway, you're mostly dealing with in most geographic areas. You're dealing with a volunteer fire, fire yeah, force. I mean, look at the outrage that this caused. That that is people who care and and are likely to do something about it to change the situation. Absolutely. So, Get rid of all of the roadblocks and things uh, and and sort of open up the free market to them. And I think you are likely to see some competition. But the sad part is, while that is a solution, what you just mentioned there, a lot of people are looking at this and they're saying, see... See, this is why we need to force fire protection on everybody. This is an outrage. Somebody called the local talk show this morning to say that, uh, and I'm going to post the audio later over at freekeen.com so you can hear it, but uh, they they called essentially to say that this man who didn't pay the $75 fee should be fined. (laughs) Are you kidding me? He just lost his home. You want to fine him on top of that? Sick people. I As know. though that's the solution. No, no, no. Now we just need to force everybody into it. That's why we have these government fire departments, because not everybody will pay the fee. I know out in our uh, at, at our family farm in East Texas, we have a volunteer fire department in this. Uh, the town is literally the country store. If you blink, you'll pretty much mm-hmm. miss it. Uh, that's how small it is. But they they come out and they put out the first fire for free. So if you and we've had that happen where we had an electrical fire from lightning under the power lines and so forth. And they came out and they put that out. And if they have to come out again, they'll still come out and put the fire out. But they charge you for it. So what do they charge? I I don't know. I guess whatever it it costs them to in man hours or Mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, they also do fundraisers. I mean, they had someone give them a full uh, I forget the name of it, some kind of beef cow that they did a raffle for, and I I donated my uh, old refrigerator. It's sitting in the volunteer fire department in uh, in Texas. So, what are some of the other options, right? Because it doesn't have to be a volunteer fire department. There's there are some ways that these guys could get paid. Well, there's plenty of things right now in the marketplace where they the fire departments send people bills. Um, for if you, <laughs> I mean, think about this for a second. If you've got a fire alarm in your house and that thing keeps on going off uh, every three days. What do you think that's like for the local fire department? Pretty effing annoying, I yeah, would say. Like, I want to set that house on fire so that fire alarm stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, those people, there's your first one, is, is uh, fire alarms that, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, f- fire alarms that go off where they shouldn't be going off when there's no fire. And, uh, you know, people that don't call in within a few minutes and say, hey, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's no big deal. Disregard that fire alarm. Sorry, my mistake. Mm-hmm. So when they go off, no homeowner, um, homeowner is home, then... 
you know that's uh that's one thing when uh you know somebody calls and it's an it's an accident scene and uh, or something like that somebody calls and requests the service of the fire department for themselves then you've got a situation where they've called and that's relatively easy to bill when somebody calls and requests the fire the services of the fire department for you say you were in an automobile accident you're unhurt but they send you a bill for the paramedic or something like that that's that's uh, that's hard to make stick from a bill standpoint however if you feel indebted to the paramedics you may very well pay your bill you know what about the poor i mean how are they going to get fire protection what do you mean well i mean if if if, if we go to this market-based fire protection service what about the poor i mean it's well, all nice and good to say you're going to get billed but what if you can't you can't afford it well first off <laughs> i mean i don't know how the marketplace is going to uh is going to align itself but i'll tell you fire extinguishers are about ten dollars a piece there's your first line of protection and the fact is people believe the fire department's going to come and take care of their problems when it's not you it's know, usually going to be it's due, not. Yeah, late, too late. If right? you've got yourself mm-hmm. a fire extinguisher, you've done your job. Especially if you're out in the woods. Uh, it's going to be even harder for them to get to you. More coming up. You take control. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. You can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You will find all the features on the site are free. Main feature allows you, the listener, to actually control the content of the site. You submit different suggestions. You're surfing around on the web. You find something that's pretty interesting you want to share with our listeners you submit it to freetalklive.com. Other listeners will then vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. And so you'll find all kinds of interesting stuff there, and you can help contribute to it. And so thank you if you do over at freetalklive.com. Sam is joining us from the Obscure Truth Network at obscuredtruth.com. You've been busily working on a, kind of an anti-campaign ad. Yeah, well, it's not really a campaign ad. It's so I called it an anti-campaign ad. Feature piece on one of the the, the area's finest policemen. <laughs> you use some of his footage from his own uh, campaign ad, and then intercut it with some of your own footage. Yeah, of him, right? Uh, doing exactly the opposite of what he claims to be all about. So you can see that over at obscuredtruth.com. Mark, have you seen it yet? I have not, but you I, should see oh, it. You this is an election it, that matters. It matters to you. Why it Cheshire County Sheriff? Be your sheriff. Oh, I see. Because yeah. it, I see. Yeah. So uh, anyway, 
By the huh? way, he's not going to win in Cheshire County. We'll see. 800-259-9231. Maybe he won't now that Sam has uh, put this video out Hopefully. over at ObscuredTruth.com. All right, so we'll come back to the, the fire department uh, controversy here in a little bit. Talk about the, the poor in the marketplace and, and how they could get fire protection. Maybe do a little bit of uh, brainstorming on that. But first, to the phones and the fun. Roy, speaking of setting things on fire. Roy, in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Roy. Hello there, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I actually was listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago. You guys had a Miss High Times on the uh, on the air. Yes, and you we did. Interviewed her about her trip to Burning Man. Yeah, it was her very first. Uh, I have never been myself. I don't think anyone in this studio has uh, has ever attended. And wait, yeah, that's well, the, the interview. Sorry, that's the interview where you let her violate the swearing rule like twice, three, two, yeah. two times. Okay, just want to clarify. Twice. Girls can get away with anything if they're hot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So well, I don't have such a title, so I guess I'll uh, watch my language here. I appreciate that. So what's, <laughs> but, um, what's on your mind? Actually, yeah, I was interested because I heard a couple of you guys seem like you might have been interested in going. Uh, I know Ian said he was thinking about it. I don't know if Sam was interested or not. It, uh, if it was in a mobile home where I had like a, a bathroom that was shared with a few people rather than the porta potties and all that and, you know, like a place to get out of the weather, I think that would be a, a pretty good time. I don't know that I'd want to do the tent and the week long with no shower it just doesn't seem like all that great. oh you're not getting a shower if you have an rv well I, you know no that's fine <laughs> but just having a separate bathroom and, and a, being able to close the door and be inside yeah, of a, you, something rather than a tent you can have a separate bathroom. i mean having done a little bit of research on this you can have a uh, a separate bathroom as in in your own rv but what you come with as far as water is what you've got so you wow. probably yeah, still are going to want to go in the porta potties at least, you know, number one. Yeah. Uh, if you if you can, you can get the RVs pumped. They do have the trucks driving around. You pay cash and they'll they'll pump you, but they don't have water to uh, to fill up you know, to fill you up. So it's hardcore, man. You <laughs> you have to pretty much as uh, as uh, brand. I think it was was it brand Brandy. Shoot, what was her name? Well, anyway, Miss High Times, as uh, as she said, you know, you pretty much have to bring baby wipes out if you want to have well, any kind I, of actually, the reason I'm calling, because I think she uh, said a lot of things that weren't true about Burning Man. Really? Um, I've gone three times, and oh, every wow. time I had a shower available to me. How? Uh, well, people will build. I, I, I went with camps with a group of people. Uh, this year, there was probably 70 people in my camp. Wow. And one guy basically built just out of, like, two-by-fours, and uh, he built a little catch basin that he lined with, like, um, the kind of liner you would have in a koi pond or whatever. Yep. And so people would basically put a two-and-a-half-gallon jug of water up on a little rail that he built, and he had curtains around it that were actually kind of sheer, so it was kind of sexy because you could sort of <laughs> see the shape of the people behind it. But, uh, they would put the uh, put the water up there and just shower in that, and you could get a shower in like a gallon of water that way. And because the um, the temperature is so high, the humidity is so low, most of the water evaporates. Because uh, w- what you really want to avoid is leaving any kind of you know soap scum behind or anything. Mm-hmm. They're real hardcore about um, leave no trace sort of thing. Uh, wow! Yeah, so I did go, I did it, it, go three hold times. on uh, before oh. you go on. So the water gets recycled. You're, you're taking one gallon and then just spraying yourself over and over with that one gallon of water. Is that what's happening? No, you basically just like wet yourself down, turn off the water, soap yourself up, then rinse yourself off. Okay, I'm understanding a little better mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, you can take a real efficient shower that way. And honestly, like the showering doesn't do a whole lot anyway because mm-hmm. it's dusty enough that you're, you're gonna just going to get dusty right anyway. as soon as you finish it, right? I mean, you're pretty much dusty almost immediately. Yeah, I'm. I basically only showered as a courtesy to my girlfriend. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, That's nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, third time. Okay, so you went your third time was this year. When was your first year? Uh, my first year was 2007. Oh, okay. So you've been three, uh, well, almost three in a row then. Yeah, I skipped one along the way. It was last year and this year. So, uh, I mean, what was it like for you the first time compared to uh, the second or third time? Was there a significant uh, difference for you? Uh, Did you learn some things the first time out that you corrected the second and ter- third time? Not really. I mean, I've been doing a lot of, like, camping and crazy conditions and stuff like that, so I'm pretty good about getting everything together. I guess now I can – there are a lot of things I know I can uh, not pack with me, and I can survive without them just fine. But, uh, I mean, the experience is a lot different. The first time you see it and just the scale of it and all the stimulation around you, it's my, it, it still is mind-blowing. I don't think it matters how many times you go, but uh, the first time it's really kind of incredible to see all that. Just the photos are absolutely stunning. Uh, I mean, if anybody hasn't seen some pictures from Burning Man, the artwork is incredible. And I'm not, you know, an art connoisseur or anything like that, but they they really put a lot of money and time into having just amazing uh, sculptures and these art cars that drive around that are just wacky and all kinds of just complicated and detailed. When was the last time you were at this? This year. This year. What um, and you don't you don't think Burning Man has jumped the shark, as it were? Um, actually, I think it may have because the first year I went, and everybody bitched about not everybody. A lot of people were bitching about this later. Some artist had built a uh, an oil derrick out of wood. It was I don't know how tall this thing was. It was like 150 feet tall. It was big, and it had staircase so people could go up to the top and look over the whole city and everything. Mm-hmm. And all around it were these um these huge statues that he built out of, like, chains and metal parts that he welded together, and they were kind of genuflecting to the oil derrick and and bowing before it and all that kind of thing. He's making a political statement that, you know, we worship oil too much or whatever. Mm -hmm. But these things at night, the statues have, like, sparks and everything flying all over the place, like Tesla coils. And then they burned the oil derrick, and what the guy did is, first they had this pyrotechnic show. It lasted about a half an hour explosions everywhere, man, smoke, all this stuff, sirens, all this stuff going off. And then for the climax, that dude pumped 6,000 gallons of jet fuel and burned it in one minute. Holy <laughs> crap, straight up in the, the air? It was awesome. So now all the environmentalists are like, well, that's a great statement, but you just burned 6,000 gallons of jet fuel. Which, I don't know, I thought it was pretty damn cool. So wait a minute. <laughs> now that's pretty cool, but that, what, what makes you think it jumped the shark? Because uh, I haven't seen anything that was um, uh, such a, I don't know, such a ridiculous waste of fossil fuel since then. (laughs) I don't know if that's quite the definition of jumping the shark. I I guess I've got some questions. Um, So they do this thing out in the... uh, The the, the Black Rock Desert in Nevada. Some national park, right? Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Is there no way that I mean, and now the cops are combing this thing like little ants at a picnic. They get dogs and they're, they're going everywhere. People. Why is it that they can't just do this on private property? I mean, there's a lot of private property out there out west where you could just do this and then you wouldn't have to deal with the authorities. I mean, well, are they that statist? This year there were 50,000 people, so you need a, a hell of a lot of private property. Come Maybe on. you could find a ranch with that kind of space. Yes, I um, absolutely easily, do think they yeah. could find a ranch with that kind of space. <laughs> and I, it's not like they're using the amenities that are there. I mean, they're just going out to a, a desert. Uh, yeah, there's nothing <laughs> there. Uh, now, ha- do you want to stick around and tell us a little bit more, Roy? 
Oh, I'd love to. All there right. are a couple points I wanted to get to. Great, so great. Hang around. on. More with Roy here. Burning Man Experience, 800-259-9231. Really, um, from what I understand, never been, uh, but one of the most unique things you can possibly experience on the, the face of the planet. 800-259-9231, as long as you're willing to get pretty dirty for it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Whatever's on your mind, just dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. You'll find stuff like our news updates. Get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up to follow us via email and our updates list or Twitter or Facebook. All are accessible through news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, jurisdictionary.com is the course for you. It's for people... Without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees, maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can talk all you want about uh, what's wrong with the system, but going to court, that might actually fix it. Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so uh, we continue here. We've got Roy on the line in New York. He is relating his Burning Man experience to us, having gone for three years and all fairly recently. Uh, Roy, you're back with us. Uh, yeah, um, there were actually there's a couple points I wanted to get to at one point. If you guys get sick of talking to me, I'll start a thread on your BBS in the general section, and I'll just offer to give info to anybody that's interested in this because I think a lot of the Liberty people would be uh, really feel at home here. Yeah, it's, it seems like an interesting event. I mean, there are a couple of things that are kind of yeah, a little a little questionable. Like, uh, apparently, they get upset if there's any kind of advertising. So I was talking with the uh, the guys at the Liberty on Tour and the idea of bringing Marv up there, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. But Marv is adorned with all manner of of advertising on the outside. So I would be concerned that uh, the you know the the anti advertising hippies would uh, would you know set Marv afl- <laughs> aflame or something like that. I <laughs> think uh, I think you could get away with that, no problem. I don't think. I mean, people there are really laid back. I don't see hardly any kind of uh, political evangelism there. Um, you know, you don't see campaign signs for Obama mm-hmm. or anything like that. But, you know, you do see a lot of people that are kind of, uh, uh, 
let's say politically aware, but not so much in the Republican Democrat paradigm. Sure. You know, you like, see, what, about know, have, a, uh, what about waving a what about waving a a free? And they'll advertise that they're running their bus on biodiesel or fryer mm-hmm. grease or something like that. And know? do they promote a website at all? Because I mean, the the rules of the event say that there's no commercial statements allowed whatsoever. And so I guess it would just depend on what they consider commercial. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool to wave a free state project flag at your campsite, for instance, like something like that. Uh, you know, would that be offensive to the powers that be there? I don't think that would be offensive, no. Okay. No. I mean, I've, and I've been in the scene for longer than, than three years, too. I've been going to regional ones for mm-hmm. uh, for probably close to ten years. So so um, what else did you want to point out uh, that you had on your mind tonight about uh, well, this? Well, just a couple of things that I think that uh, your Miss High Times had misrepresented about it. That was Brittany, by the way. I did remember her name. I did not okay. look it up, Brittany, so Brittany Wagner. I, I, th- I think she misrepresented a few things, or she kind of missed out because it was her first time. And, yeah. you know, it, it, there's so much to keep track of. And so oh, it's got to be absolutely overwhelming. I mean, you're you're there for an entire week, and it's, uh, I don't know, what's the square mileage of the actual event? Do you know offhand? It's basically, uh, the city is set up like a circle, mm-hmm. and it's um, there are concentric rings that go out from the center of the circle that are the streets, and the circle's about two miles in diameter. Mm-hmm. Can you see everything in two weeks? Oh, no. In two weeks... In two weeks, oh, excuse me, one week. be there for one week, and you'll probably see 5% of what you can't see, if mm. that. And you pretty much have if to have a bicycle in order to... Mind. <laughs> you pretty much have to have a bicycle in order to get around effectively, right? Uh, yes. There are um, somebody, he's kind of anonymous, but somebody buys, I don't know, two or 3,000 bicycles, and they paint them a certain color, and they just leave them sitting around everywhere. Wow. And you're, if you see them, you're allowed to grab that bike and ride it, and if you ride it somewhere, then... See, you know, socialism works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as long as you've got some money bag sitting there uh, that's yeah, willing to put it, it. put it up. And that's the other <laughs> until, thing that's until the rich guy runs out of money. Well, that's that's the other thing. This is a case, you know, the, for a lot of people, this is a costly event. I mean, it's got kind of the rainbow family aspect of you can't buy anything. You can at center camp, as I understand it, they sell coffee and they sell ice. That's the only. Two items that are for sale in the entire Burning Man event. Is what about my... the trucks that run around and pump well, there's, there's also the, the pump service. That, but... Yeah, that's about the extent of the commerce that goes on. I mean, aside from, you know, under-the-table drug deals, I guess. Sure. But, uh, even then, you better be someone you know because it might be a cop otherwise. You know, Right. But... Yeah, that's so, what they were doing this year. They were they I'd were like sending to, pretty girls around to ask guys for drugs, and they, that's how they were busting people. But I'd like to get back to this whole idea of the cops sending people around. This could be taken care of if it was a private property thing. And, uh, you know, there's there's ranches that are as large as this park, and the, there's no way that Burning Man takes up the whole of this park. I mean, this park just rips off Burning Man. $800,000. off. That's what they, they're charged. Oh. I mean, that's $800,000. I mean, that's an incredible ripoff for a plot of desert where people go and wander around. No, no, no. That's that probably includes all of the uh, police and so forth that they have yeah. to go and bust yeah, the absolutely. people for drugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Mark, uh, you make a good point there. I don't exactly know. You know, the the organiz- the people involved are big enough now that a lot of things you hear are just rumors. I have read interviews with the guy who started it back when it was uh, a couple hundred people. And he had gone to this Black Rock Desert, and if you look at photos of it, it's um, it's completely flat, and basically, as far as I can see, there's no animals there, there's no no trees, there's nothing. And he said, this is like a giant blank canvas. So he, he, puts, he gives this blank canvas to 50,000 of the most creative people you'll ever see, and says, now you guys get to create something. 
Oh yeah, you know? it's 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 far out, no doubt about it. I mean, it, like I said, the pictures are absolutely stunning. I recommend that people uh, people take a look at some of them. Uh, but g- to get back to the idea of this gift economy, right, which is ludicrous on a on a wide scale. Here, it's pretty much just people pouring money into having a bunch of free things and food and and drinks and stuff like that to uh, to give out to folks. I mean. You've got to really truck in a lot of stuff if you're just going to be giving things away for free. How long does the free beer last? I mean, what is it like? Does it go all week long? What is it? What you, is it? The experience? Yeah, you know, you don't really. I mean, you don't have to give anything to people. It's not like you're obligated to do anything like that. And the people, one of the ten principles is is radical self reliance. If you go on the Burning Man webpage, you'll see read our ten principles. Mm-hmm. And so you are expected to have everything you want there. You should have your own beer. You, you shouldn't count on getting gifts from anybody, but a lot right. of people give them. Sure. Yeah, you'd want to bring your own, and you'd want to bring some for others uh, as well as you know to, yeah, to give away. Yeah, just to share with people. You know, you just to be like, hey, I like this guy. You want a beer or whatever? I mean, right. we ran a bar where anybody could come up and shoot the breeze, and you know, we give them drinks and stuff. And uh, like I said, we had about seventy people in our camp, and part of our camp dues was okay. Everybody bring three bottles of liquor. You know. So how did you get out there? Did you all carpool? Um. Well, I had friends that were leaving from. Uh, from a bigger city where there were, see where I live, there aren't, I'm basically the only guy in my city that goes. Mm-hmm. But I had friends that were going from a bigger city and they had rented a truck that, uh, like a rider truck. Right. And so, and then they sold off square or cubic footage on the truck. And, you know, this happens in a lot of big cities where they'll rent a truck or whatever, sell cubic footage mm-hmm. to get a lot of your gear out there. And then uh, we flew into Reno with just kind of the bare essentials and rented a, uh, three friends, we rented a, a Suburban. It's fantastic. I appreciate your story tonight, and uh, thanks for sharing the uh, the yep, expertise. Go on the BBS. Look for my thread. Very good. What's your name on the on the BBS? Uh, Anarch OK. Anarch OK. Maybe I'll uh, see you out there next year. And thanks for the call, Roy. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. As long as I'm not sitting in a jail cell, I'm interested in going. It sounds like it'd be absolutely amazing. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. you want if you dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves that's why we call this show free talk live the number for you is 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we have there for you they are free listening options are some of the many features we have uh, listening options including the broadband and the dial-up versions of the show. You can listen to them around the clock. So the latest episode of Free Talk Live available for you via our streams at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, you'll find the number for our Free Talk Live listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. That's also at listen.freetalklive.com. And the listening options are brought to you by Quality Rental. That's right. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. 
If you go to hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, hostgator.freetalklive.com. By the way, I should mention it's qualityrental.com that uh, brings you the listen page. So uh, 800-259-9231 as we continue the discussion Earlier in the show tonight, in the first hour, was about the idea of market-based fire protection. And there's a news story that is being touted by the anti-liberty crowd out there as, See! Proof! It's proof that market fire protection won't work! Uh, Basically, what happened, in case you're just tuning in, is in a little town in, I believe it was Kentucky. I'll pull up the details here. Uh, Tennessee, perhaps? Tennessee-Kentucky border or something like that? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Tennessee. Do Tennessee and Kentucky border one another? Yes. (laughs) No, they're actually on the opposite sides of the nation. Mm, That's not true. Go ahead. (laughs) So so in this little town, they don't have any fire protection services at all. And so the nearby Berg is offering them the service of a $75 per house fee in order to put out – Per year. In order to put out a fire if one crops up. Well, one cropped up for one homeowner and he had not paid that fee. And at that time, the bureaucrats showed up. It's the most important point to mention that these are government bureaucrats here. They're the ones that showed up. They were there to protect his next-door neighbor's house who had paid the $75 fee, and they did nothing to help the man who was in need of, uh, of protection, uh, fire, fire services, even though the man made it clear, look, I'm willing to pay you. I'm sorry. I didn't pay. I'll pay whatever you charge. I'm willing to pay you. And the bureaucrats just stood there and watched the man's home burn. And, of course, this is being held up as an example of how things will be if we move to a, a voluntary society, if we move to a, a, a social structure in which there's no central control authority that is extracting money by force from people and forcing them to pay for fire services. Right, and w- one thing, even if even if you're talking about the most callous group of firefighters in the, the, the free market, you would still be talking about some guys that would take, oh, ten times what their normal annual fee is to put out the fire that or they're whatever. already at. I mean, yeah. these firefighters stood there and watched a guy's house burn down. This is a market opportunity of the highest caliber. Right. Okay. Why would a business re- refuse that guy's business? Why would I they mean, do say plumbers no? turn? Teach him a lesson. <laughs> I I yeah. know that uh, there was a a plumber I, working in the advertising industry. I had a local plumber who offered you an annual fee, and they'd come in and check your pipes and everything, and do uh, you know do your whole. Pl- they'd give you a plumbing service plan. Mm-hmm. If you had any problems, they'd fix it. It was under your plan. Blah blah blah. Sweet. They had that. Do you think he isn't going to come out if you have some kind of plumbing emergency and you're not on his plan? I mean, who thinks that? Well, that's just it, Sam. I think what you just said there was really kind of a description of where these government bureaucrats are coming from. We'll show him. He didn't subscribe to our Absolutely, service. Absolutely, that's where they're coming from. Right, because it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter to the the firemen on the ground as to whether or not this uh, this guy pays his fee or not. They're yeah, getting paid they, either way. They have a monopoly. What do they care? Right, because they're getting a salary from the city. And so this is basically this is outside the city, the nearby surrounding towns that the city fire department is covering for that extra fee on the household. So to even align this with what would happen in a voluntary society or what would happen in a consent based uh, market market in a free market scenario is just ludicrous. And if, as we pointed out, there was some business owner who was so callous as to not have you know, not cover somebody that wanted to be covered on that in that moment, to not take care of that uh, that person, or to not do the occasional charitable, uh, you know, putting a fire out, that kind of thing. Then that would be a, an opportunity for people to step up and take that man's business, because 
you know, he's a jerk. <laughs> and I think it's hard to argue with that. I think one of the other solutions that we would see, if you look to uh, like the electrical in the south where I'm from, during the summers it can climb to you know over 100 degrees, mm-hmm. and the elderly that don't have air conditioning or that have air conditioning that maybe can't afford their electric bill. If that goes off, if their electricity gets shut off, some They're of them die. die of heat exhaustion. And so what the electric companies have done is they've created sort of a, a slush fund to help out the elderly that anybody, any of the electric customers can contribute to. And I think I've done this a, a couple years where, you know, I just threw a few bucks that way. Not a, not a big deal to sure. me. And it helps them out. And I think the same is true for people buying uh, heating oil and that sort of thing. And yeah, they have that up here. And you certainly have the churches and so forth and charities that are donating to people so they can make sure that they have heating oil so they don't freeze to death in their right. homes. I think the same would be true if, you know, it was a, a fire protection service was turned over to the free market, that there would be some kind of charity fund. And then you would also kind of in that get the balance between, okay, well, we're we're putting out 10 fires and the charity fund is only paying for six really so we're running a little short here and you know they they would have a way to sort of market it and and get people involved and say look time we to need get the boots out, out man i mean yeah. i remember i remember down in florida where the firemen would actually come around at a, a stoplight and they would hold their boots out and you'd Put money in usually the for uh, in Texas, yeah, yeah. Usually Shriners. that was for the um, the Labor Day telethon. I don't know was, what it was. Well, they weren't calling anybody. They were walking around in the street taking uh, money from people. So but that's usually on Labor Day. I don't know when it was. I, they but, used to do it quite often in Texas for I think the Shriners Hospital and that sort of thing. Yeah. So certainly charity uh, coverage is a way to go, and also most people who are. Uh, of little means don't tend to own their own homes. They're probably paying rent. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually it would seem to me that in the marketplace, a private insurer would want to know that the, 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 the house they were insuring was covered, right? They would want to know that that home had a fire insurance coverage. In fact, they may actually sell the fire insurance coverage. It may be part of a standard insurance package. Knowing that they can't rely on a government uh, to take responsibility for this, they would be the ones who would be providing the insurance right. and well, this they'd is the be point hiring I keep the on making over and over again. You talk about a world without government, but this is the truth is that there would be all kinds of governing agencies because you wouldn't be able to just rent a place and then choose not to insure it for fire because, well, somebody somebody yeah. is renting that to you. The fact is you'd have a governing body. That governing body would no, no, just... No, you would have governing policies. Okay. There's a big difference between care. there's a big difference between a policy and that something. What if, is if I want to do a law, X, but a policy of a government? It's a, it, there's a big difference. It, it, there's a difference between a contractual agreement that says if I want to do X, sure. then I have Absolutely. to do Y, Absolutely. and having some I'm third not, party group dictating terms to people. I understand the difference between what you're co- choosing to call government. However, he just has a love affair with the term Sam. Yeah, he wants he to likes government. He likes to embrace the term because it makes people feel good because they don't want to let go of the oh. idea. Oh, that's a terrible right? idea. Making people feel good about the ideas you're talking about. What an awful idea. <laughs> it's, it's the, the term government has a connotation of Why force, Why don't you stick Mark? with the sales guy? The huh? term government has a connotation of force, and I think it's better to come up with alternatives to that, uh, that particular term. Well, you just keep on talking about no government yeah. and see how that works out for you. Oh, I will. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, uh, so yeah, having charity uh, come in there is a, is a solution. And, of course, most homes are going to be insured because it's a sensible thing to do. Who doesn't have insurance on their home? If you've got a mortgage, you've got insurance. The mortgage company requires it. 
Most people have a mortgage on their home. People that have paid off their mortgage have uh, plenty of reason to have insurance on their home. If you've been able to pay off your mortgage, you probably can afford to continue an insurance policy after that. So it's just pretty unlikely that uh, in the marketplace that homes would not even be covered in the first place. And those that weren't could uh, apply for some sort of a charitable. I think that the uh, the organizations, like the rent, the, the landlord would be much uh, better about checking and seeing whether uh, insurance was present. Because in a lot of times, it's not happening in the marketplace today. Because there's always the fire part, the department to catch their slack. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. If you dial in toll-free, that number is 800-259-9231, and it's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so head on over there, enjoy those on us, and if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over and get uh, signed up and get perks. Get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, AMP-only podcast, and more. Get the details and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, alternative options as well. AMP.freetalklive.com. That's AMP.freetalklive.com. So, I think we pretty much wrapped up the fire conversation, but let's talk about clowns. Now, for some people, clowns are terrifying. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, maybe they saw Stephen King's movie It when they were a kid. That was creepy. It was, as I recall, pretty Well, pretty certainly the, the movie was creepy. It was intended to be. But it was about a killer clown, right? So, uh, right? Stephen King's book... Uh, Christine was about a killer car. Right. How many people get into antique automobiles and scream their heads off? I think, you know, Where do call they... me cynical, right? Like, I'm the old mean jerk of the show, and I'm willing to be that this evening. <laughs> when it comes to people that are scared of clowns, these are people that are substituting phobias for a personality. Sorry. Uh, and the vast... Substituting phobias for for a personality, meaning yes. they have no personality, well, so they're maybe their personality isn't as full as it could be, and they're they're saying, "Oh, I'm allergic to spinach. Oh, I'm scared of balloons and clowns. Oh, you know, like this that guy or that that girl. Do you understand? Like I've got all these things that are special. See, a phobia makes you special, doesn't it? Like every time you see a cat, you scream and yeah, fall to the ground. Jerk. You're the a special mind individual. Of Mark Edge. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> We're just exploring the twisted mind. Of Mark Edge. It's so, come on. <laughs> phobias, like made up phobias, like clowns and stuff, just irritating. You think it's made up? I'm sure that there's a percentage of the population that is what if truly you, what if you were terrified by, clown? by clowns, right? Okay, if I was in a guest bedroom at a friend's house or mm-hmm. something and they had a Chucky doll on the shelf, I'd be pretty terrified of I, I don't know I, I would be uncomfortable like <laughs> chucky for whatever reason the chucky first freaks one you out, huh? the first one now they just went way over the top ridiculous where this little two pound doll is flipping things around that are a hundred pounds in the mm-hmm. second one and dragging people and stuff which is so, stupid the force of evil can do anything but the first one was 
really scary. Yeah. You know, I had a, I'll admit I had an ex-girlfriend who was uh, scared of clowns. She was scared of tall bridges. She was scared of balloons when they because they might go pop. She was scared of a variety of things, right? Like the, she considered these to be phobias. And then you married her? No, oh. no way, <laughs> no way. Um, was that so, the one that kept coming in your garage afterwards, or was that a different? No, one? that was a different okay. one. She wasn't coming to my garage. She was coming through my garage door. Well, that right. She was coming through into your house through your garage. That's correct. Right. Because she had the garage door code. Yeah. Uh, where were we going? Oh, Geekologi.com. Right, <laughs> where? Geeko what? Geekologi.com okay. is the story. Uh, and here's the headline. Illiterate clown voted into Brazilian Congress. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good headline, though. Francisco Eduardo uh, Oliveira Silveira, a 45-year-old illiterate Brazilian man, best known for his portrayal of the uh, Trianica... Uh, the clown just won a place in the Brazilian Congress with more than two times the vote of the next closest candidate. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> he jokes. Bravissimo. Yes, we can. Terrerica caught the attention of a disillusioned voters by asking for their support with the humorous slogan, if it can't get any worse, and a or it can't get any worse, and a promise to do nothing more in uh, Congress than report back to them on how politicians spend their time. (laughs) We talk about, you've got the read the bills uh, thing from Downsize DC here. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't have to worry about that. He can't even read, and he's been elected into Congress. I love this, by the way. I would love to see more of this, because... Look, we've talked about the different kinds of activism that uh, people can do, and we're here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and people are coming up here, and some people are very serious about the system, inside-the-system activism, and I'm not opposed to inside-the-system activism. I just like the kind of inside-the-system activism that has a little more fun. Like, for instance, when Sam and I and some other folks, a uh, bunch of people, actually, the second time around, the first time was only a handful, but the second time around, the, the drinking game that was, was, great. was a really great way to... Yeah, that's inside-the-system uh, the activism, too. It totally yeah. is. You went to a city council meeting you uh you stayed for the meeting and you had a drinking game to have, make it a little more fun because gosh it's boring without it i will not disagree that they're boring however i will not uh you know pat you pat you on the back and say that's right that's inside the system activism you go have some good it time is in the, inside I, the system yeah. if you're participating in the system you're inside the system uh-huh. just because you're not doing it in the way that they would have you do it with their decor that they want you to have so having somebody run in a clown suit i think would be fantastic i mean if if you could uh, actually have a character whether it's a clown or dracula or something you know just ludicrous somebody running for political office with as as a character i mean you'd have to put your real name on the ballot uh, but you could quickly make yourself known as the clown candidate and just just make fun of the whole process. Well, I think you that could, is You can fun. have a nickname in the middle of it and just say your name mm, is Bozo. Yeah, you can't because they'll they'll try to stop you from doing that. Right, they'll try to stop you. But the answer to the question is, I've been. Uh, they said that you had to be it had to be your nickname for more than five years. That's right. So you just say, I've been called this for more than five years. That's the answer to that question. They'd probably throw some other roadblock in your way. They'd we need try. proof. They'd probably want yeah. proof. All right. So what another... kind of proof do I have for a nickname? You'd have to. I don't know, Mark. I'm just telling you. <laughs> they they do not like it when you have fun with their system. Indeed, they don't. So we've got another quote here from Terrerica. Uh What does a congressman do? 
The truth is, I don't know. <laughs> but vote for me, and I'll tell you, the 45-year-old said in his campaign advertisements. Ah, oh, yes, it's a great day to be a Brazilian, isn't it? <laughs> Just like every other day, those women got asked for days, scratch that, weeks, some even months. Next order of business, bulletproofing the clown car. <laughs> That's funny. So he won with twice the vote. Twice the votes. It just goes to show you, you know, how disillusioned people are, are becoming with politics. Oh, absolutely. That they would do something like this. And they are so frustrated. They do want to have something different. And when they're given the opportunity, one of my favorite examples is kind of in the same ballpark as this. I think it was the year 2000, maybe 02. Anyway, there was that year where, maybe it was 2004. Anyway, it was uh, John Ashcroft versus the dead guy. Now, if you remember, John Ashcroft was the uh, he was the attorney. Was he the attorney genital? He was for yeah. a little while. Yeah, he was the guy, this really uppity, uh, super ultra conservative guy that actually took and had a uh, some sort of a blouse made for Lady Justice, holding the scales and stuck fig leaves all over the. Uh, the yeah, because <laughs> she was she was bare breasted originally, and he was offended by that. <gasps> that statue, the children might see that, and so he had this uh, he had this custom made additional piece that could be added to Lady Justice to cover her up and make her more decent. This guy actually ran for some kind of political office like a state senator, I think, level office, and the guy who was running against passed away during the political <laughs> campaign. So everybody knew this guy was dead by the time the vote uh, you know, it wasn't like he died the day of the vote. He he was dead by the time the vote came around, and the guy, the dead guy, overwhelmingly decimated John Ashcroft in that race. So, I mean, you can have a corpse win a political contest. You can have a clown win a political contest. This is great news. My favorite is the video of Ashcroft singing one of his songs about America. Have you seen that? I believe I have. Oh, it's hilarious. Which song is it? He wrote it, and it's oh, something really? like uh, All About America and the Eagles Soar So oh, High. Gosh. And he just goes on and on. It's just horrible. So I think if people should have fun uh, with this system. Why not? It's there. You might as well play in it a little bit. I mean, if you, if you don't respect it, and I don't, Mm-mm. I don't respect it, then make it known. Make it clear. So. Oh, and by the way, the term government, Mark, you were, uh, you know, talk, we were talking about the, the term government, and I, I think that you really should check your definitions. Maybe when you're, if you really want to hold on to the term government, why not add the word consensual to it? How about consensual governance? Because that's supposedly what we have today, right? With, uh, Can we agree on that? That I'll say consensual governance and you'll say consensual governance? Wait, wait, wait we don't it. have to use the term government. You're to, the one that wants yeah. to hold on to the antiquated term. I've Look, I think it's a term that convinces people of things, like they're going to be protected and bad people are going to have their behavior governed. I'll have to think on that one, Mark. I'm not going to just answer that out uh, out the gate like that. 800-259. Trying, you can see. 9231. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, So, yeah, some people will vote for the clown, and some people will vote for the dead guy, but some people will fall for anything. Uh, LouRockwell.com will explain that here in a moment. Also, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Hour 3 on the way, 800-259-9231. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. 
The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line coming up. Mark's got a story about a sniper rifle that doesn't even really need to be aimed in order to shoot it, or it's computer control. At this point, you need somebody to pull the trigger. We'll get to the details on that. Also, we'll take your phone calls about anything you want. 800-259-9231. Last hour, we were talking about how, uh, Sam, you had mentioned that people are, are really searching for another option. They, they're they sick and tired. A lot of them are sick and tired of the, the two-party system, which is total scam. Yep. And as we mentioned last night, it's uh, the two parties are just two sides of the same coin. They're two sides of the same uh, big government coin. The Republicans will tell you they want smaller government, but they'll do nothing about it. They'll actually make the government larger. At least the Democrats are generally honest about wanting more government. Of course, they lie, too, when they say they're going to do things like you know bring peace. That's a bunch of nonsense. So people are, are upset, but not everybody. There's still plenty of folks that are all kinds of gullible. And uh, people that have been through more than one election cycle, you'd think you'd get it after a couple of cycles. Like, the first time you come in, you got the rose-colored glasses on. Oh, yeah, look what he's saying. In fact, somebody posted on uh, Facebook last night a video that was cobbled together from some clips of George Bush in the year 2000. And I'd, it was really interesting because... Going back to what this man said prior to being elected and then knowing what he did for eight years. Oh, yeah. This incredible contrast. This guy was talking about peace. Not intervention. Yeah. He was talking about not doing nation building. And he was actually advocating peace, withdrawing from uh, from around the world. I mean, it was... It was great, (laughs) you know? It's the kind of thing that would get you to, uh, to, to vote for the liar, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of course, they're not, the they're not lying. They just don't have all the information. And then once they get in, they get all that extra information. Right. And that's why they right. do the things they to follow that they the generals. Do. Maybe the, generals the information know. is that the military industrial complex says, we will kill you and replace you very quickly. <laughs> Maybe. If you don't stick to, I, because I don't know. I mean, they, Obama got the, 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 the peace prize, for God's sake, uh, I, while he's ordering war, uh, attacks. But the people who say that, it just amazes me. Why do you even believe in democracy if you think that that's acceptable? If you think that someone can go out there and make all of these promises and say, this is what I'm all about, 
and then you will make excuses for them mm-hmm. when they go back and completely 180 reverse what they told you? Well, he had to follow the general's advice. He may have wanted peace, but the generals wanted war, and they're well, the it experts. it doesn't matter what he wanted. It's what the people who elected him wanted, and they elected him they're not the to experts. do what he said he was going to do. The generals well, are the experts. I've heard, this, I've heard the argument for this. I, my, my friend, a good friend, my mm-hmm. best friend, is, a, is, you know, pretty much died in the world Democrat. Um, and he said that he does, Obama doesn't really get to make those decisions oh the commander the chief of the united states military doesn't actually get to make the decisions so of course he deserved the peace prize <laughs> i mean <laughs> what kind of lies do people tell themselves yeah. the backwards bending the gymnastics the mental gymnastics that people have to go through to justify this so uh so yeah so a lot of people are frustrated but then again some people they are just they just keep getting suckered and you'd like i was saying you'd think that okay you can give people a couple of election cycles yeah. right like the first time out they're going to get lied to they're going to believe it oh this is great the best system in the world like they just get out of high school or something yeah this is the best system i get to vote and then they get their guy in maybe and then they start to see they start to get disillusioned oh that guy lied to me those darn politicians they're all liars except this new guy boy this new guy sure is interesting and he is great <laughs> this time he's going to make a difference or she's going to make a difference and I'm going to vote this person in and so you get your second uh, second time where they're still under the delusion that this system can work that uh, that if they just vote for the right people that it'll all be okay and then they vote for that person and then whoever wins wins and then of course, it can keep them going because if their guy doesn't win, then they can just believe that their guy would have been good. So really, you can only get through two election cycles Maybe if you won both of the uh, – if your candidate won both of the election cycles. You might need more than two uh, in order to really kind of – Maybe you realize you just home. need to switch to the other party. So then you go through you know one or two more additional cycles because, well, it was the Republicans. They're the ones right. that are lying. The Democrats, they tell the truth. So I'm going to go vote for them now. All manner of excuses people must tell themselves in order to justify continuing to believe that something's going to change. And so uh, some of those folks uh, that are still dis, uh, delusioned, uh, disillusioned, if you will, by the system are the Tea Partiers. And that's what LouRockwell.com <laughs> is commenting on here on their blog. Some Tea Partiers will fall for anything, according to Ryan McMacken. Tom Tang Crado today boasted a variety of endorsements that he's received from local Tea Party organizations in his bid for the governorship in Colorado. I won't bore you with the details, but Tancredo, a Republican member of Congress until 2009, launched a campaign as an independent demagogue after he decided the GOP nominee was not to his liking. Now, I have no idea how representative these Tea Party organizers are of the rank-and-file Tea Partier, but I do know that Tancredo has spoken at local Tea Party events and has been cheered. So, what's interesting is that Tancredo was the only GOP member of the Colorado uh, congressional delegation that voted for the TARP bailout. So, Tancredo, who voted for the greatest taxpayer ripoff in American history, goes to Tea Party events where he recites something about the virtues of small governments and then receives thunderous applause. Tancredo, who supported the legislation that stole almost a trillion dollars from the taxpayers and handed it over to Goldman Sachs and Friends, now lectures the American people on the need for smaller government. (laughs) Probably no other piece of legislation in recent memory galvanized and defined the Party of Liberty in America more than the TARP bailout and the opposition to it. It was the legislation that revved up the nonstop fleecing of the American public to about triple its normal speed and with the support of Tom Tancredo. 
The Tea Party types here are making excuses for him because Tancredo now says that voting for TARP was a mistake. No, well, that's all oh. it takes. Just How say it's a mistake. Outrageous, according to McMacken. He voted for TARP because that required no courage, and now he's disavowing his vote because that requires no courage. Right? Uh, he says, uh, well, what a magnificent display of principle. But hey, Tea Partiers, I'm sure that even though he voted for the biggest big government piece of legislation in decades because Goldman Sachs told him to, that doesn't mean that he won't be a staunch opponent of big government on everything else, right? Keep dreaming, he says. Hey, remember when all those Republicans slashed the size of government after they got in control of Congress back in 1994? Remember when George W. Bush didn't double the size of the amount of federal spending in eight years? Wasn't that great? Oh, wait, they didn't do those things. They did double the size of uh, spending. Yes. They did dramatically increase the size of government. At this point, the only president worse than George Bush is Barack Obama. But you know, Tancredo doesn't like the Mexicans. Yeah, and and that's, that's far more important. <laughs> it's far more important that he hates brown folk than what he did with that tarp. Don't you pay attention? He made a mistake with tarp. He's, he's giving up. He's, he's reformed. Yeah, that's right. He's paying his penance. Right, he, by coming and speaking at our events. He loves liberty. He loves, and he hates brown, well, he hates the illegal brown folk. He loves brown folk. He just loves them when they're, when they're legal and when they, they follow come, through the the front, rules. come through the front door. Because that's, I mean, <laughs> this is what it's about, right? It's not about TARP and, and what he did with TARP and all the other big government stuff he voted for. This guy can get up and say whatever the F he wants to these audiences, couch the terms as, uh, okay, well, I've... I've seen the light. I'm finally out of political office, and I want to be the governor now. I like the one of Obama where he's pro-union when he's in the before the union people, and then later he's saying something that's almost exactly opposite of that when he's somewhere else. Is this a video clip that one yeah, can find? Yeah, it was another reel like that where it's you know showing all of his BS. It's just a joke. Kiva is on the line in West Virginia listening to WVTS. Who believes this stuff? Kiva, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, hello, how you guys doing? I'm just saying, I mean, it's sad that we got a two-party system, and it's sad that uh, they're both liars, you know, but the only chance we have, I mean, the only chance in hell we'd have would be the Tea Party people, because they're the only people that even mention the word liberty. I mean... Let's talk about it, Kiva, if you want to hang on. The only chance... Is the Tea Party the only chance for liberty? I thought Ron Paul was the only chance for liberty. That didn't work out either. Uh, More coming up here at 800-259-9231. But he'll run again, and he'll be the only chance a second time, right? Oh, no, the Tea Party's the only chance. Well, what is the only chance for liberty? Why don't you answer that question? We'll bring Kiva back here in a moment, hopefully, if he hangs on. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. Take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want, dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and you'll find our features on the site are for free. So head over there and enjoy those on us, including 
our webcam. You can watch, listen, and chat. Uh, all built in there to the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. Head on over, enjoy that, cam.freetalklive.com. And are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. I did. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Now that, in my opinion, is a real solution for liberty in our lifetime. It's not an easy one. The people that are going to pick up and uh, make a move across the country in many in many uh, instances for the ideals of freedom, those are people that really get what freedom means. The people at the tea parties, I don't know about that, but Kiva seems to think they, uh, they're our last hope. Kiva, you're back with us uh, listening to WVTS. Isn't it true that... Uh, the Republicans have been using the term liberty for a long time. I mean, why is it the Tea Party that's any different? Do we have Kiva? My message across wrong. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. First of all, I must have got my message across wrong. Okay, I don't believe any of this. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, the country's been taken over by a bunch of gangsters. Okay, that's yep. pretty much what they all are on both sides. Yes, sir. And uh, Ron Paul would be fine with me. Okay, but the thing is, we're stuck with Republican or Democrat because they are so big. Any third party, any kind of uh, any kind of you know uh, nationalist party, will just get crushed under their wheels. Well, it's not that they'll get crushed. Take off. It's not that they'll just get crushed. It's that there are all kinds of campaign finance reform, which is what they call it, which are really just restrictions and regulations and hoops that they've put up to prevent any third parties from getting any kind of a foothold. That's right. That's right. I mean, and about the about the only thing I could think of to even start to remedy this mess would be term limits, because public service is not meant to be a lifelong career for these people. They got these PUD jobs. They don't even have to spend their own money. Make them go back to work and make them open their own damn doors and make them drive their own self around like normal people do after like two terms. And maybe they'll you know they'll stop feeling like. Kings and queens. Okay, you know what I mean? so when the uh, TARP thing was being proposed and people were calling in 100 to 1 against the bailout, telling them, you have to vote this down. Do not pass the bailout. What did they do? They passed the bailout. So how are you going to make them do anything? That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, and, and I'm not saying the Tea Party is the only hope, but don't they sound a little bit better? Than the Democrats and the Republicans. I mean, the, for a the start, rhetoric sounds a little better, but you know, I don't think they're really. They, I, I feel like the Republican Party has run out in front of the par- parade, co-opted the movement, and now they're just. Uh, they uh, are the Republicans. Wing of the Republican Party, <laughs> right? The, 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 well, the, I mean, both the, of them. Both both parties suck. Okay. Yes, sir. But yep. I mean, I'm afraid it's the lesser of two evils. I'm and not I sure if I'm convinced. Democrats I am not convinced that either is lesser. I agree with what you're saying. I do. Um, I I think that, uh, you know, for me, I'll take the candidate that's lying to me rather than the candidate that's telling (laughs) the truth about growing government. I'm not saying that I'm going to get excited about it. I generally don't think that an election on the national level is really of any import at all. If I'm going to go and I'm going to vote on a local level, and I think that's very important because I picked up and moved the Free State Project in order to make one state at least a, a beacon of liberty. 
because I think we it requires concentration. We're just too spread out. But that's I'm going to go for the local elections. Since I'm there, I'll take their number two pencil and another a few minutes of my time and bubble in whatever candidate. I don't think it honestly matters very much whether it's Democrat or Republican. Um, You know, so I I I feel your pain on this one. There's not much that one can do. It's too uh, you know if you. You, you can't do anything and other than right. pick up and move for the Free State Project, and that's a hard choice. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, I'm afraid I'm going to get cut off because I'm driving up the street now, up the interstate. But, uh, you know, it's just a mess. I really don't think this country is going to recover from this mess if something don't happen real soon. I mean, yeah. if something Who don't wants happen, it to recover anyway? I mean, some... Kiva, what good well, would it do if it did recover? Then it would just live for long. You know, the government would just live longer if it somehow recovered. I look forward to it uh, crashing and burning in the most peaceful way possible, of course. Well, yeah, but it beats living in Mexico City. I mean, you know. How do you I mean, know? Well, because I just hear that's a pretty rough place. I mean, I don't know. I've heard different things about Mexico. It just depends on where you are. But I thank you for the, uh, right. the call tonight, Kiva. I certainly appreciate hearing from you. Well, if if Mexico would allow the, their citizens to, you know, earn a living in a uh, in a fair and equitable fashion, rather than than you know stealing money from people and making it just impossible for the the little guy to make money. They would have a much better system, and they do. They have a terrible, terrible place uh, in Mexico City. You know, big, you know, sort of tin hut city outside of uh, uh, mm-hmm. the Distrito Federal. I, I think Kivo's right. We are sort of, or the federal government is heading for sort of a total, complete collapse and a worst case kind of scenario. And uh, on the Sunday show, we covered a, a pretty stark warning from Ron Paul, and he brings up a really good point. The, the biggest that that's not really the ideal solution, because what's likely to happen out of that is as things start to break down and, and the unemployed are unable to are getting thrown out of their houses and don't have anywhere to go. Uh, crime is going to start spiking through the roof and, mm. and all of these other things, the people will call for the government to come out and protect they them. Will. They and will. They will usher in a police state that's even worse than we have today. I mean, it will yeah, be like here. 9-11 on steroids. Well, which one of you mentioned that was a hard choice to go with the Free State Project? Was that you, Mark? The hard choice? Yes. Yeah, it is, a, it is a pretty hard choice in comparison to just going and voting once every two years. It's a, it's a hard choice it in comparison. It requires a much higher level of commitment. commitment right. Uh, compared to the average level of commitment that the average person would involve themselves in, and I mean average voter, because that's pretty much all they do is they'll go out and they'll vote. Maybe they'll go and wave a sign, feel good at a Tea Party rally or something like that, or, or a peace rally or whatever the, uh, the rally type is. Uh, so, yeah, it is a hard choice, but it's not like it's, well, a hardship in that, uh, you know, we're not living out in the winter cold up here in New Hampshire. We've we've got oil, heating, wood heating. We've got, you know, various different types of, uh, of comforts here. Sure. It's not uh, as it was 200 or 300 years ago when people were just barely getting by and trying to sc- scavenge as much as they possibly can to get through the winter i mean it could be a lot worse right uh, we're not having to go into battle uh with the, the you know the, uh, the george washington a, uh, the forces of a monarch yeah and uh, we don't have to face anybody with any significant level of violence in comparison to what they had to deal with back then so uh, compared to what it could be it, it could be a lot worse uh, so hard to argue with that. It it may be hard to get your stuff together and to make the move and to say goodbye to friends and family members, but I'd say that's probably the hardest part. Is uh, you know you're picking up and moving, yeah. And most people don't pick up and move for any other reason than uh, you know jobs and girlfriend and you know significant others. 
Those sure. are the reasons people move. Sure. So, so from our perspective today, maybe it's difficult to make to, to make a choice like to move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. But from the perspective of world history and what other people have gone through in order to achieve some uh, increase in the amount of liberty they have in their lives, it's a joke. I mean, we've got it pretty easy. So if it's important to you to have liberty, then I think the Free State Project is your best choice. 800-259-9231. It does mean that the commitment is involved and getting active is involved. But if you want something to change, checking a voting box isn't going to do it. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. The number, 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features there for free. Head on over there. Uh, you'll find stuff like our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. In fact, the last week's worth is on the front page, and then you click into the archive section. That'll take you all the way back to late 2006, all thanks to HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. And so how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page could make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some samples there, order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, so a little bit of news, Mark, uh, out of the military-industrial complex... About a sniper rifle. Yeah, this is just strange and weird, but uh, this is from uh, popsci.com. All right, tell me about it. A sniper crouches near an open window, zooms in on his target, who sits a half a mile away. He peers through a scope, holds his breath, preparing to squeeze the trigger. But it's windy outside, and he can't afford to miss what to do. A new DARPA-funded electro-optical system will calculate the ballistics for him, telling him where to aim and to ensure a perfect shot no matter the weather conditions. It even, uh, by the way, will uh, will accommodate for the the turn of the earth, which apparently will get you two two inches off every mile or something like that. Wow. Two inches. Uh, So that's the difference between the, the middle of your head and the side. So... I mean, how far, if, if this thing will calculate this, how far are we from the robot sniper? Just build a robot. If it can uh, accommodate for wind conditions, if it can accommodate for, uh, you know, the Earth's turn, can it accommodate for flying on Speed? a little helicopter? Yeah. I'm just thinking a four-rotor helicopter robot sniper guy who just well, takes I'm, out all the competition. They already have uh, robots that have like 50 caliber machine guns mounted on them mm. that will chase people down. I've seen videos of this where they put 
troops out to try and take them out or to try and get away. And, I mean, they surrounded the guys and were ready to open this fire on This is on the them. ground or open? This was on the ground, robots. but in a... Uh, so, like, like a the Terminator, basically. Desert, yeah, like a desert-type environment with hills and things. The guys are running away and the robots are faster than people can run. Do the robots have two legs? Do they have treads? What no, they... they had uh, tracks, so mm-hmm. that, but they could move over rough terrain, that sort of thing. There's also the video... It won't of... be long before they have uh, legs. I mean, the, the folks well, out of Japan... they already have that, actually. There's uh, a video of a, a robot that looks kind of like a deer uh, that is autonomous. I've seen this. And, yeah. it, and it runs on a gas motor, and the guy kicks it and tries to and knock it, it over, and yeah. it stands back up. One incredible gyroscope in that thing. And they're they're developing the uh, exoskeletons, where a, kind of like a mech type thing, where you would get in that, and it would give you extra strength to carry a, a four hundred pound pack. Like in the movies, like, like an that. Avatar, for instance. Absolutely. Or something like that. Uh, they also have self healing minefields. Isn't that great? So, like when a mine blows up, the the mines are on a wireless network, and they know where to, they go to can replace hop. it. Well, the, huh. the individual mines can hop from one location to the other mines. to fill in the uh, the hole in the minefield wow, where crazy. it just detonated. And, of course, in the the world of robots, if you look at some of the the work they're doing out in Japan, mm-hmm. those robots, just the consumer level stuff, right, is getting pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. you've got – I've seen footage of a robot that is able to go up and down stairs, uh, which, which no problem. There's a robot that can unicycle and <laughs> balance mm-hmm. itself on a unicycle. So putting all this stuff together is just going to be a matter of five, ten, maybe years at the most. Short, short years from now. That's yeah. for sure. Let me go on with the uh, the article here because um, I just went off on my own little tangent there. Lockheed Martin won a $6.9 million contract. <laughs> 6.9 that's chump change yeah, it is uh, for this uh, week uh, for the second phase of darpa's one shot system that's what this uh, sniper thing's called which will provide direct observations of a target measure every variable that influences a bullet's flight and calculate the aim to offset the sniper's uh, rifle scope uh, uh, the aim offset in a sniper rifle scope during the uh, project's first phase which started in 2007 lockheed developed a downrange system that measured average crosswind Range to target, spotter scope position, air temperature, pressure, humidity, and more, according to military aerospace. Using all those variables, it calculated the ballistics for a 308 bullet at ranges as far as 3,600 feet. That's a good shot, no matter who you are. 3,600 feet. More than half a mile. Yeah. And I've heard of these mile-long shots, but you just don't generally need them. You can set up somewhere or somehow. And if you're talking about some kind of robot doing it, you wouldn't even need that much space you just send the little robot out there to do it and it takes somebody off it's amazing they, i've met a uh, a sniper in dallas that was in iraq shot a guy at a thousand yards uh, was standing on a wall there were kids off to the side and just hit him and killed him so that's uh, not quite as far as as this thing can uh, can make the the uh, changes for. It. And that's a heck of a shot. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, while it's impressive, the system's too heavy and unwieldy. It couldn't be used in standard rifle scopes. The phase two design will be more compact and able to operate in real time over longer longer distances. It will measure. Imagine a little robot flying in the air that can shoot you from a mile away. Hmm. It will measure atmospheric conditions, account for the weapon's maximum effect range, and include GPS coordinates. It's also, ex- by the way, um, sniper rifles operate on essentially the maximum that a human can handle at this point. So if you can make that amazing mile long shot, it's just because a man can do it. 
So they haven't had to build the rifle that would make the two-mile shot because no man can do it. However, this computer will be able to do so. So it will now be getting to, uh, to st- stress ballistics and all that stuff to see you mm. know, how far can we make these things go. I'm pretty sure that they have uh, motorized guns that um, are mounted to the ground and they're not held by a human. They're on a tripod. You adjust them with a computer. You're looking at a screen of your target. But adding this into that kind of technology would really, I think, extend the range. Let me read this. Uh, there's a there's a comment at the bottom of this article that uh, that, that kind of uh, you know that, that really brings it all into focus. Um, it it will measure atmospheric um, conditions, include GPS coordinates. It's also supposed to communicate with the rifle scope and uh, informing the gun itself to the point of aim, offset, and expected crosswind. And apparently, this they'll be delivering. 15 field-tested prototypes by next October. Um, and there's a comment down here. It says, while the uh, mechanics of this may seem astounding to most, in um, in 1997, I ets from a three-year tour as a tank crew in the U.S. Army. The M1A1 and many other vehicles in the Army have had this ability for over a decade. Moreover, they also had to calculate the speed of the vehicle and the terrain that was being mm. driven over to come up with a firing solution. The real jaw-dropper is to integrate this into a system that a troop could carry into action. Yeah. So <laughs> once the troop can carry it on a rifle, what's it take for a little robot helicopter? I'm telling you, you're so close to the government just taking people out without it, you know, the ability to, to be checked at all, really. Well, we just last night we talked about how uh, Obama has instituted this political assassination campaign where anybody that he orders can uh, can be killed around the world and there's nobody that can even question it because when it comes up in court the government all they have to do is say well state secrets and then the courts will just kick the case out so yeah they'll be able to i mean they can do whatever they want already this just makes it even easier for them right yeah Uh, i also wonder once, once the government makes things, then civilians get their hands on it. What happens when a civilian can do this? Essentially, I mean, how can they tell who's controlling the robot? I don't know, man. That's scary stuff. It is scary stuff. Maybe, we wanna... maybe that's the answer. We'll get the uh, hackers to take over the, the Army's robots and turn them against the, the I, Army. I hope so. Or maybe <laughs> by the time the robot technology gets to the point where it could really meld with this, uh, maybe the government will be destroyed on its own volition. Maybe it'll implode upon this itself. Do you think that there won't be other governments? Yeah, you're probably right about that. I, I can hope. Hate people. I can hope. <laughs> there is hope. And yes, there is the internet. We can educate people. So a good idea, once it gets to a certain point of saturation, should spread fairly quickly. So the question really becomes, when will the idea of liberty reach that point of saturation? Um, We won't know until we can look back on it. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features that we have there. Uh, joining you here in the studio for the remaining moments is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Sam is here, courtesy of ObscuredTruth.com. Head on over there, see his uh, brand new anti-campaign video. It is not a campaign commercial. Um, and yeah, what are you working on behind the scenes now, Sam? What's the next project? You've always uh, got something in the, in the pipe. I, I need to really get back to uh, the Mark Stevens uh, thing from Porkfest, as well as the... the um Oh gosh, what is it? Soapbox Idol and get some of those things. Some Porkfest videos. Care of. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be good. That's good stuff. Uh, Porkfest was, of course, a lot of fun. We'll be telling you more about that again as time gets uh, nearer next year. Of course, uh, coming sooner than Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is the Liberty Forum, which I'm not sure what the dates are. I know they've been announced. We'll get some details on that here as uh, the the year gets closer toward uh, wrapping up. But the Liberty Forum is always a good time. It's the yearly gathering in a hotel. So it's right at the very end of winter, the very beginning of springtime here in New Hampshire. And it's uh, it's just a great event where hundreds of liberty-minded people get together and they kind of have this convention-style atmosphere. It's good stuff. So we'll tell you more about that. Of course, you can go to freestateproject.org to learn about those things on your own time. Let's go to the phones and the fun. James is in Minnesota. James, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. James in Minnesota, going once. Hello. Hey, James, you're on the air. Am I now? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I want to say I'm very pleased with the program, and I wanted to comment on uh, Jesse's uh, beckoning the question as to why uh, churches aren't taxed. And I would Who? say that churches... Hold on. You're actually... You're not on Alex Jones' show. You're okay, talking okay. about... That's fine. No, I sort of... I think I realized that. Okay. But that's all right. Who is you, Jesse? Jesse Ventura to... was uh, on Alex Jones. I actually caught part of this interview today. Uh, and he was bringing up the point that, well, you know, one of the big problems is the... Uh, the he was talking about volunteer fire department. And the, they were covering, I think, this fire story. And one of the things he said is, well, look, if the churches were actually paying property taxes, they're getting a basically a free ride out of this whole deal. Uh, if they were paying, you might have more money for some of these services to be provided now, by the in, government. In the words of JFK, let me say this about that. Okay. Churches are 501c3 IRS organizations. Uh, it's like the post office, see? Now... Huh? You, you don't tax the post office. You don't tax a federal military vehicle. You don't tax a federal base. Okay? These are entities created or organized by the laws of the federal government. Okay? How about we just not tax anybody? Well... Because taxes are wrong and it's stealing. Ta- taxes is a, a deeply misunderstood subject. Really? Every entity... Every entity Within tax within the Internal Revenue Code is a an entity created or organized, and that's the language that they use. There's 110 different taxing statutes in the Internal Revenue Code. So are all the 15, people that pay taxes created and organized by the IRS? They code? certainly are. 51 of which are income tax statutes. Each of the taxing statutes imposes a tax on a different taxable activity, transaction, or event. And for each of the taxable activities, so do you pay? I don't really want to hear a tax lecture. Do you, do you pay? I'm not. This isn't the lecture. This is the short version. Oh God! <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds awful. For each of the taxable activities, transactions, or events, there's different forms used, different periods covered, different deductions allowed. Okay. How do I opt okay. out? This is the kind of confusing crap that uh, is one of the reasons why I don't pay. Do you pay? 
No, I pay all lawful taxes. What? What? Well, like, what's that mean? Those are the ones imposed by the taxing statutes, the ones I was just telling you about. So wait, what, taxing statutes at the federal level? Well, of course, you realize there is no, for the most part, no state ta- income taxes. Okay. Depends on um, what state you live in. Yeah, but most states, like six, the forty-eight of them, do. Hmm? What? Like forty-six states have uh, income tax, don't they? Right, but those are federal. They were they were federal taxes piggybacked in under the Public Salaries Tax Act. So, what are the lawful in your mind? What is the lawful taxes? What what lawful stealing do you look at and say, hey, that's okay? No, 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 no. You tax those entities that are privileged to. Exist. I don't tax anyone. I don't steal from people. No, I'm not talking about stealing. When you say you, you we, mean the federal government? No, the entities that are created or organized have received something, okay, uh, from government. It right, is so if they're, a, if they're taxable. If, so if they're a 501c3, they're getting some sort of perk, and he, so therefore they're, they're he's taxable. He's making a very valid point here, and you just keep on badgering him about whether taxes to, uh, or not are legit. I haven't heard a point because it's all been legal mumbo-jumbo to okay, me. Okay, here's the facts. The fact is a church doesn't need to organize itself as a 501c3. True. Many of them choose to do that. Is All you have to do is start acting like a church, and then you are a church. However, okay. many of them choose to dodge the uh, the bullet uh, of, the federal, of a, some kind of audit or something like that by going ahead and, and organizing as a 501c3 he's pointing out that they don't necessarily have to do it and that jesse was wrong in this instance no, no that's not what i'm pointing at see you're wrong at all. Mark. all right see what do you know I, I, well look at i'm pointing out that you know, <laughs> come on guys <laughs> no i didn't mean you i asked mark what does mark know mark doesn't know what he's every talking every entity that's taxed is privileged to exist it is for this privilege that they're taxed Okay. Well, I'm privilege taxed. Ex- Does that mean the government is granting me privilege to exist? Do you have a Do you have a social security number? Well, they assigned one to me. Right, but you know those numbers are only to be applied for pursuant to order and notice. Okay, huh? I cited in Mobile Oil Corporation versus U.S. Does anybody understand? I, I know what you're. I know. I know, James. You're trying to t- impart some important information. I'm sure you believe that whatever it is that you have to share tonight is important. But uh, Mark, uh, Sam, what is? Uh, is it just me? Because I feel like I'm totally in the dark here. It's a little over my head. Yeah. What are you talking well, about? Can you boil it down for somebody that doesn't know what you're referring to here? Because I feel like I am completely well, lost. I, I can. I, I can boil it down uh, simply by stating that. There is a federal statute, okay? There are a bunch of them. That met, I'm talking about a particular one. Yeah. Okay? All right. And since you don't seem to like numbers, okay? (laughs) And it seems to confuse you, I'm just stating simply that there is a federal statute that mandates that Social Security numbers are are for federal government officers and employees. Uh Now, there's a lot of talk about how PBO is, you know, is an illegitimate president. Consider this, okay? If you have a Social Security number, you are already under the executive branch. Okay, I see what so, you're saying. Right, so you're, you're, saying that, you're saying that everybody with a Social Security number is, in fact, a government uh, worker, even though they're not actually uh, given compensation for it. The word because... employee is a French word, okay? Uh, yeah, it it's means, a, well, it's a it legal term. Government worker. Okay. I don't pay Social Security uh, personally, but it's pretty hard to get oh. by like opening so, bank accounts without one. Yeah, and the problem is all of the uh, people out there that hold the jobs, all of the employees. Hold on, hold on. I open mine without one, okay? How it did you do that? Which bank? Well, 
What you year? Know, I just used a little of that legal mumbo jumbo we were talking about. <laughs> you ask me such questions that it's almost as though you don't want to hear. That's the not a legal mumbo jumbo answer. Which bank did you? Which bank allowed you to open an account with no employee ID or tax ID or social well, I security? To, I don't really care to discuss that. I mean, see, not, you got not, nothing. Not then a, thank you for the call. Here. If you don't want to help out other people to you know find the path to liberty, then I got nothing for you, man. Look, you you want to make a big claim like I can open a bar. I've opened my bank account without a social security number, and I ask you which flipping bank I can go to to accomplish this, because I've tried it before, and it's nonsense. Please, tell me which bank allows be, you to do this. It may or may not be nonsense. It just uh, it requires living someplace where there's a bunch of banks in competition and going and checking with each one of these banks. They're all under the Patriot Act, and they're little cowards, and sure. they will not, uh, you know, I would love to know which one of it, 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 which one is it? Which magic bank will allow you to go and open an account without some government identification number? I would love to sign up. I just want to know how I opt out. You know, well, you and, just and, get you just write the federal government and tell them you don't <laughs> want your social security number anymore, and then you're no longer a federal employee. And you can just there's some more forms and you, know, you might have to fill why out. Why is it that why is it you suppose that everybody who's born here, people that that don't lock the, them illegals, uh, want to change this? That if you're born here on this soil in the so-called United States of America, that you're automatically a citizen of the United States. Why do you suppose that is? Because otherwise, they'd have to have a specific process that you would go to go through in order to become a citizen. Like, where in the meantime, you would be in limbo. You would be in the place that you're not mm-hmm. a citizen to, and you could say no. Take your form and stick it. Why would you want to become a citizen if if that was the case? Because they don't have any obligation to protect you. So what are you going to get? out of the deal right it's a big scam anyway i know where uh where old james is coming from there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there about government numbers and consenting and opting out and and there are plenty of people that will take hundreds of your dollars if not thousands to try to tell you some sort of secret path to get you out of the system there's no secret path and there are e- no easy choice or no magic words you just have to stand up for yourself see you tomorrow night okay here's the long and the short of it if you name the worst politicians in america today Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top 10 list. She's awful, and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad.